podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show, please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. Before we get into this episode, I want to say, hey, man, thank you for listening and uh, riding along with us. Uh, closing up 2021, 20, you know what I mean, uh, with, 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 uh, with a peace of mind and clarity of focus and various things like that. So, um, you know, in any event, thank you for listening to the podcast. So here we go. Peace. I'm Majestic. My brother Justice. Man, so... Um. Well, let's see. Let's let's start with uh, you know how you say getting fired on your day off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, and 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 my angle on this. So you know, I know you don't. You know, I know you you keep a marginal understanding that football is happening, but by no means, I'm sure do you know the score of any game that <laughs> that happened in the last 48 hours. I mean, I'm well. That's the funny true. thing is that when you're in the AFC, when you live in a city with the AFC North, right? Mm-hmm. One, if you live in Pittsburgh, you're forced to have conversations about a team that I think is mediocre. But hey, all the AFC North is mediocre this year. So this year, and they beat each other up, right? So it's yeah. like four teams that beat each other up all year and stopped everyone from being great. If, if any mm-hmm. of them were in any other conference, they probably would be a lot better this year. But so I think because of the AFC North and the kind of spinning out of like, all of it means that for the politic, for the you know records and the schedules, I've had more of an awareness. But there are certain small market teams, particularly like the one you're about to talk about, that are just really difficult to know what the hell is going on with them because they no longer come on television. Um, they've been bad. <laughs> they get draft picks and aren't better every year. So, you know, I've I've known more than I than I than I would have in the past uh, this year. Yeah, well, so so that said, the uh, the coach, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Urban Meyer, was fired um, this week uh, in the first year, his first year as a head coach. Um, which within that world is very rare. That I mean, there, there's been at least multiple instances over the years um, of like after the first season, right, of firing a head coach if it wasn't working out or was this other opportunity that you know. They just wanted the other guy more. Um, but it's very rare that they actually fire a first-time head coach in their first year in, in operation, which means whatever the hell was going on in that building had to be terrible. You know what I'm saying? As a as a Charles Barkley was there, terrible. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was thinking about this from the sense of sort of like trust and leadership and especially like kind of executive leadership because as a head coach of a – professional football team you know you you are you know sort of a bit of a bizarro executive but you are like the head of this like almost like a 
a room full of like high level like contractors, <laughs> so to speak, or right, right, or salespersons or like technical experts in that what they do, as in the players. I mean, all of them are like highly paid staff, right? Even down to the dudes that's on on the that are just making the roster. Uh and then you have coaches and you have that you have to pay and those like so you have all these you know who it, also want to and also if they don't want your job they want a job like yours somewhere else yeah. right so so you're managing you're managing like you said highly paid contractors who now more than ever are are able to switch jobs right it's like it's like how COVID now has the labor market before, <laughs> like for mm-hmm. football. Like, hey, you can just go where you want to go. You know what I mean? If you're good enough, right? Right. And you got these sets of people who are who who you have to manage. Who are also, in some senses, they may have been in doing the thing longer than you, as far as coaching. Indeed, indeed, and and so like the thing that was itching me, and and, and it happens with college coaches sometimes coaching adults who have standing and, and, and the ability to defend themselves that they, they don't always they're not always able to change like to adapt to the space where they don't have not just the the, the positional power of their role but the um i guess i would say the positional or structural power that is also granted them as being sort of like you know the only person in here that's earning a paycheck um, or earning a significant, you know, have the significant means that, you know, there's a higher level of risk if if this doesn't go well for me, i.e., um, you know, a college player or in some other environments, you know, if you're a frontline staff or, you know, uh, lower paid staff, you may feel more at risk to to push back from leadership that is not, you know, showing you respect in a, in a you know, really in an appropriate way. So I guess getting to a question. Um, or a thought to get your input on, like, how important do you think it is, or what can you say around just sort of the realities of like really being operating and do, providing leadership with you know with adults? Because because I think it's a different thing than than when I say it than like grown people. Like, what is something? Because I because it, it gets in my crawl that like how many how abusive was this man? You know, he was effective. They won national championships, all these places he went. But how terrible was he possibly to some of those young people and those young men, you know, especially? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's, I mean, it. it's literally a difference, right? And, and it's probably one of the places that even though you're playing the same sport, the difference in your ability to manage the space becomes exceedingly complex, so you go from you being literally in some senses, in some cases, the, the coach of a high performing, you know, college football championship, like, you know, team, you're, you're like as important as the, as the president of the college, right? Mm-hmm. Like they'll get rid of the president of the college before they'll get rid of you in some of these places. Mm-hmm. Right. The role of the boosters, the role of the investor, like a, a a really high performing college coach has an amazing amount of leverage over everybody in the building. Mm-hmm. Because they also know if you didn't want them there, they'll go to somewhere else who will pay them. If not the same more 
to do the same job, right? You have mm-hmm. adult, young people that want to come to build themselves up to be highly paid contractors, <laughs> right? That like we're talking about. They want to be the highly paid contractor. And so if they feel like you get them to being a highly paid contractor, they listen. So you have all this leverage. I mean, I can't even think of a job that you have more leverage than a high-performing college coach because everyone is hanging on to your every word. As long as you win, they will overlook it. I think what you're saying is a perfect example of him going up to the next level of, okay, yeah, you're the coach, but you're not more important than Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not because that's their number one pick. So he's the most highly paid contractor. Yeah, and he was basically kind of they both think that sort of like, yo, I don't even know what's going on around here, but this shit ain't cool. <laughs> like, like he was, he's made a couple comments that you know it pointed to sort of the, the 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 how poorly this was functioning. But my other deeper thought about an, an analogy or a connection I want to make here is thinking about the way you know because for. A, for several years, it's been the like, hey, you know, when Urban Meyer goes to an NFL team, like, yeah, I think he'll do, you know, like, sort of this this credit that was given to him to be, you know, an effective and great leader within something within this realm, even though you know we haven't seen it, and 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 there is a thing between the NFL and the college level where, especially folks that are very NFL side, and and I think it speaks to what. uh why can't I say my man's name? Tomlin was speaking to about the people saying he wanted to go to LSU or the L- right. USC or any shit. He's like, nah, but nah, B, I'm NFL coach. Like, what? Like, like, I mean, I don't, don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be part of that world. I'm out, I'm up in here. I'm up in the big boys league. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and it's it's a but generally the other thing I thought was something just to, to think about or get your thought on was sort of you know as an analog for the structures where like certain people just going to get the credit for their ability even though we really don't have no evidence that that they will be good but they're going to get a shot to mess up anyway <laughs> and it's sort of the inequity in that right like how people get chosen for leadership because it's something that I came to understand you know a few years ago that I didn't maybe understand as much when I was younger that like there's people that enter into working world in the working world kind of with the idea that even though you ain't done nothing yet, that I'm going to be the leader of the thing. Right. So you enter into say a private company, like with the idea that, Hey, I'm going to be an executive. Like you ain't never sold no products. Maybe yet you ain't done no research. You're not a, you're not a, a technician role within that entity. You're looking to be in the C-suite, so to speak. Right. And then that there's a whole different sort of grooming process for one to just be the leader of something versus being, you know, um, you know, in some companies and industries are different or try different approaches to this, right. Where sometimes the people who lead, you know, do have frontline functional experience, but there's a lot of worlds where, you know, people enter in before they've done anything with, I'm entering in with the idea of being the leader of it. And depending on, you know, number of factors, um, some of them being ones that are clearly, you know, unearned privilege, others that, you know, we could debate about whether it was earned or not. Um, one can be rewarded for sort of operating and yeah, I'm just trying to take roles that'll get me to be a leader fast. You know what I'm saying? So they don't <clears throat> apply to be a uh, 
like a sales lead. <clears throat> I need some water. Uh, they they come right in like, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to run the, I want to run the uh, the marketing department. You know what I'm saying? Or you know, where other people may be like, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a tech. Like I'm I'm, I'm putting together the parts to the thing that I do. And, and so, long story short, I guess I should say they could have hired Eric Bieniemy, but they hired that guy. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's also part of again. That's part of this. Like, what got you here won't get you there. Right now, it makes me respect Jimmy Johnson from you know on another mm-hmm. level because to come from Miami and then come to the Cowboys and actually be good. Mm-hmm. But we're replete with these examples, and I think you know it speaks to the level of inequity built in to I would argue the college space. Which you know, as an aside to this, I think the whole Deion Sanders you know, uh, conversation Mm. with Jackson State plays into this, but it plays into like, okay, it's Urban Meyer, Ohio State, a coach amongst men. But then he gets to Jacksonville and clearly he does not have the executive functioning and clearly not to have the situational awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it brings to bear, who knows what he does inside the Hooters in the Chili's (laughs) of of Columbus, Ohio, (laughs) right? Like, you know what I mean? Like dancing to Sir Mix a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like baby right. got back and grinding on somebody or something, right? Like <sighs> clearly, there was a space where he was enabled, he was enabled or allowed to function in that capacity. There, mm-hmm. he did not have the situational awareness, amongst other skills, to realize, yo, you're the coach of a pro team. Like there is no force field around you. You have to go home. <laughs> like, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like, good fellas. Like, you gotta go home, man. <laughs> you gotta go home. <laughs> you hear what you're doing over here, but you gotta go home. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Absolutely. I just think it's a, a really great example of okay, yeah, you were Urban Meyer, but that doesn't mean you come here and the coaches don't like you. Y'all, they're fighting, you dancing at Hooters, you know, like. You need to be the most important person at a mid-level college program. You need to go back to be the most important person at a college program because yeah. that's where you fit. And to your point about Eric being, I mean, all these other folks, these are people who, after being coaches on assisting coaches and defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators, understand how to deal with this ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the NFL is trying to get better, but it still struggles with this idea of like the white man who's always been successful versus the black person who's proficient or the brown person who's proficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that space just suffers with that concept. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like it's like the legend of these usually white coaches and like kind of what comes with it, right? Yeah. Versus yeah. like I got a good coach who can be the coach of men, right? They understand these systems. They understand the salary cap. They've played so that, that the, you know, and they're part of a system so that players respect them because they know the tree of knowledge, if you will, that they come from, right? If you come from the West Coast system or if you come from a particular, the origin, you know, of a particular coach, like, they know that and know what it means for you to be there. So, yeah, I just think trust and loyalty, how systems conspire to create um, 
you know, non, like, just bad outcomes. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's over Jacksonville, money's not an issue. But the idea of who you who you pick to be a coach is a great example of why you have the record that you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. And now you made a mistake and you made a mistake. And this is just the, the interesting thing about racism in America. You made a you made a bad mistake with a white man, so no one will like hold you to that mistake forever. Yeah, they'll let it go. <laughs> they'll let the mistake go. They'll yeah. just say, oh man, the Urban Meyer era. Right. Yeah. Right. Versus, but you know, y'all got to figure out how you get the executive and the executive, like you said, the executive that you need is actually underneath your nose. And for all the people thinking about that, how often is the executive that you need right next to you, but doesn't look like the way you think the executive comes in, not who they become, but the way that they come in. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So yeah. one thing I would give props for though, is looking at this and going, this is not what this is. Yo, we got to pull the plug on this now. This can't even wait. <laughs> this can't wait till after Christmas. <laughs> Send his no, ass no, home. No, clearly. <laughs> Send his ass home. Hey, hey, stay at the crib, dog. Don't come back to the office. Like, pack your stuff up. I mean, get your stuff out of here by Wednesday. <laughs> it's cold peace, babe. So, um, in other things that have occurred since last time we talked, um, so uh, Charlemagne uh, had an interview on his uh, Comedy Central show with the Vice President of the United States, uh, Kamala Harris. And, um, you know, and, and I guess I got two entry, entry angles on this, um, I guess, because one, the way I even became aware that this interview happened was via skimming stuff on, on Twitter and people talking about the questions either he asked or, you know, him being the person interviewing her, you know, sort of the running... The running, how you say, for those that trade in the, yeah, where the vice president been jokes, you know, for those people that trade in those comments, uh, you know, as if they have no historical knowledge of the regular, usually vice presidents are not very visible in the public eye during a presidency, except for the Bush presidency, which was weird that Cheney was so visible. But anyway, um, you know, far be it for me to ask people to check the record. Uh, But anyhow, the so I, I was you know and it was like oh you know what I mean so so I start with this is sort of like and and trying not to cast no spurs on on the man like you know props to him for developing a, a place in entertainment and, um, and and culture you know what I mean where he has a, a space and a, and a level of credibility to that folks feel um you know they should come engage with him. Right. And 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 the questions that he the question, I guess, particular that he that he asked that was or or was was basically the intimation of the statement that the real president, you know what I'm saying, is Joe Manchin and and her having to respond to that. And so, you know, what what is some of your just what's one of your thoughts about just sort of the the the, 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 the reality of like Charlemagne as if if in some circle he's viewed as the like the access point to the black folks, like like is that yeah oh, man. There's, there's 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 a lot of there there here um so one and you, we've built about it prior the mm-hmm. idea of entertainers being the leaders of the black community right or the passageway into the black community 
Um, I'm not going to do a comparison mm-hmm. to any particular uh, ethnic group. Yeah. But let's just say clearly, if you were trying to think about getting to the masses of a particular group of people, you wouldn't go through a singer or you wouldn't go through a comedian in other communities. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. just be real. You would go through their press. You would go through, when I mean influencers, I don't mean social media influencers. Even understanding we have diffuse ways in networks and, and all these kind of things, right? So this idea of before you didn't want the rappers to be the, the leaders, right? So we said rappers ain't our leaders. So now a comedian and a radio host is our leader. Because he's the person that when you need to try to fix on what's going on, you have a conversation. Now, to a point you made earlier, Just uh, Wise, is, as always, it is a slightly different context from the um, from the Breakfast Club, yeah. And it's more, you know, more in the way of Stephen Colbert, and you know what I mean. Like it is more of that, yeah. Which recently people have started to engage in those things. Um, I'll say this: I don't know if Pete Buttigieg would have been on, mm. <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't know if Marty Walsh would have been on. Mm-hmm. So if we're having this conversation about who talks to who, it becomes clear you had to get the vice president, right? And, and the vice president, you know, one thing that we do, and I'm going to say this on here, one thing Black folks do, we get real familiar with stuff and real familiar with people. So we start calling them Kamala, you know, we start breaking everybody down to one name, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you kind of forget, no, this person is the vice president. No, man, no. To your point, if you don't have a historical understanding of what the role of vice president is, did you expect just because she's a black woman that and a South Asian woman that like now she's supposed to come in and be at every event? Mm-hmm. No, like, there's like a she, reason yeah. the, the vice president live far from the White House. <laughs> Everybody doesn't know the vice president lives at the Naval Observatory and it ain't close to the White House. You know what I mean? Like, it's a reason. They have their own world. And they're they're the vice president, not the president. And so I think the mix of this, like, getting too comfortable with, I think, you know, you can argue how out front do you want this person to be? And maybe is the Biden administration uh, being able to produce on everything they promised? I mean, those are very real political and policy conversations. But the idea that Charlemagne and whatever he could communicate is the best way to get an answer for a certain set of people, especially when you got a midterm coming up and it's real likely that the Dems will take a shellacking, to use a term you don't hear too much anymore. Um, I just think it's it's it still continues this idea of our community where it's like, okay, well, yeah, we didn't say it was it ain't Jay-Z no more or it ain't Jeezy now with Charlemagne. And then right. and then one more point about this actual like who's the president thing, right? Again, often we're seeing politics through a lens of like our experiences versus there is just a history to politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you only have when it's a split Senate, every vote matters as if 
they are the deciding vote. And Joe Manchin is, regardless if you think he's trying to stop something or he hates he hates you or he doesn't love child care, he <laughs> has a vantage point. He has never wavered from his vantage point, right? He has never acted like he was somebody other than he was. And this is his position. And frankly, you just can't force him to do anything. So the idea that, well, Biden's not the real president because he can't force Joe Manchin to do something is an elementary understanding of politics at best. Yeah. And I'm saying elementary at best. Mm-hmm. Um, infantile at worst. Like, because that's just not how it goes. Joe Manchin, Joe Biden needs Joe Manchin more than Joe Manchin needs Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just the reality of it. And so I think, you know, even the forwarding of that and then having her to have to defend that, right? So now you're making, you, you what you're calling keeping it real is making this woman defend Joe Biden and frankly defend her office or her role. Yeah. In ways that's like, is this how you wanted her posited? And maybe you didn't give a damn if it was helpful or not, but what you just did ain't helpful. I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, it gets to, and at least in the part that she did reframe or push in the reframe, like, you know, basically, as I've said, it's going to be my drumbeat all of 2022. You got, you have half, half, of, half of the folks that are in the building, and this is not just, you know, this happens at our state levels and at the federal level that can have a say in policy in many ways they're going, we just ain't going to vote on nothing that we didn't come up with. Right. And in some states, that's that's the Democrats that are in the minority in voting. In some states, that's the Republicans parties. And then, you know, wherever independence, you know, in your given state lie and at our federal level, like I said, any any seven or eight of those other 50 Republicans could go, nah, I actually think health childcare would really help my community. I'm totally going to vote for this. Right. And, and your man, Joe is, is no longer in a power position. Right. So his, his power position is constructed also by a whole group of people who just like, yeah, we just have all decided we're going, we're going to, we're going to go. It's not our, we, we don't have any power. Boo hoo. And we're also going to do this while you, various uh media apparatuses don't call us out on it <laughs> right. don't say hey man you got the work of the people the people you're supposed, you're supposed to be a representative republic y'all just gonna sit over there and act like people in your state don't need stuff y'all gonna spend the money when the money comes you're gonna right. spend the money but you're gonna sit over there and act like you don't gotta vote you ain't gotta say nothing because it's right like it, it's a pure you know and i understand it's a, to anyone that's listening that, I understand. it's the politics of the moment like yeah i know that but, but that's the problem. <laughs> there's a there's a right. problem with with the strategy, but there's also a problem with those of us who could call out and say, "Yo, this is a, a strategy and a way to do this that's not is harmful to all of us." Like, yeah, you could, you know, I, I mean, you know, you conservative, you this, you that, you, you whatever your particular value system and political thought. Uh, ultimately, a lot of stuff when we talk about policy is talking about outcomes and operations that you know, may or may not really have any, you know, be totally tied to you. You know, it's your choice to say that you can't engage with this or that because it limits your, you know, your so-called political values. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's a place in here where the questioning why across our country, right? You can just have it depending on who's in position, like I said, of lead. There were the other group just go, yeah, we just ain't voting for nothing. 
we just gonna you know we gonna let them you know crash the ship <laughs> and, and and then point fingers you know what i'm saying like ah oh, yeah see see if we was in charge Right. And, and, and to me, that's sort of the, the, the gotcha argument structure of the like, yeah, where, where Kamala been? And or what's happening with this? Like, is this this single point kind of argumentation that is like, how does this actually help us with thinking around getting stuff done for ourselves? Right. Like, like if you if you trade in the, and, and then to me, this was what was, was, was touching me with it because we was talking a little bit about social media, like the way if you're engaging, if you're encountering these these stated statements, you know, on a social media feed the same way you would maybe in a, you know, maybe that's not, not really the same as being in a bar and somebody was just saying these things, but it's like, again, what am I, what am I supposed to do with the statements you just made? If like, and they ain't, still ain't got nothing done for us. And then like, yeah, so that means should I vote for the other group? But they ain't, then the other group ain't said no matters, no calls, nothing either. So am I just supposed to do nothing? Like, right, like, it's right. very and I think strange. The, the, the framing, the, what you just said is exactly right. So, because I've totally let this other group of people who will never, who will, who, who will not do something that's even in their own community's benefit because they don't want to give a political win because they need to wait till they can get back in power. Mm-hmm. And and the Republicans, and frankly, are just much better at this than Democrats. <laughs> like they're just really good at acknowledging that we're just not going to vote for it. You find the votes and then we'll take benefit for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. Like they, they know it. They know how, what happens. They know how Democrats are going to function. Um, they know that in a situation, Democrats are going to crack way before them. Right. Like they know this. And so they do it. And so then we get mad at the group of people who are supposed to represent us who generally overpromise, right? Like, let's be clear. But, you know, it's an overpromising of sorts. Like, hey, I'm going to get a free community college for all of y'all. Anyone that thought America was going to switch to a free community college model, that this was going to become Germany, <laughs> this was going to become Sweden, right? Like, that's not the case here. There's a lot of reasons. Where even in the uh, the the if in the apple of the eye of someone at the Center for American Progress or Brookings or any other uh, you know think tank that that is just 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 not going to happen. And so now you're faced with Charlemagne in a soundbite uh, assailing not only Joe Biden but then also Kamala Harris. So what do you think happens when you go back to these people and ask them to vote? Like, this is an example of you think you might be doing something, keeping it real, but you actually can be extremely counterproductive because of your angle of conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. As we, we shared on a different topic, today is totally focusing on the wrong things in terms of what's important in this matter or in this moment. And, um, you know, you know it's just a... I guess the other angle or issue too, and it was something that's all was just like on what are the other news, you know, inside of the day, you sort of apparatuses that have the scale. Cause part of the footprint, so to speak, that allows that makes Charlemagne someone that you should should talk to. And and I and I and I tip my hat to him in in that in whatever way he 
he can't he has come to understand in the last was it since I guess the Obama administration that he can be a a a voice point, you know, a connection point, you know, to the political apparatus and and made that grow. You know, I, I ain't saying it's good or bad, you know what I mean, or that it's the best thing. Um, I don't know who, I mean, I guess what's what's a what's a I mean, you got, I mean, in terms of other folks that are like TV news or media news, you got Mark Gamond, you got Roland, Roland Martin, right? Uh, who else, you know, what's the sister? The sister on MSNBC, I don't ever, I don't have regular TV channels. Uh, so Joy I don't, Reed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think some of them will be more squarely considered like to the liberal or whatever, like left more side of, of the political spectrum content wise i don't know you know whether that's true or not i mean probably it's true but like where Charlemagne, i think maybe can exist in this place where maybe for someone within their calculus it's like well he's not he's sort of just like you know he's like a he's like this other guy you know what i'm saying right um, yeah he's like he's over here you know what I mean? he's you know he's been to the streets but then like he got his life together you know what i'm saying <laughs> like got in the media like you know what i mean and then uh you got you know like i've, I've said you know you got the, the different the internet blog content sites that are like they're not necessarily not necessarily don't center themselves sort of on like journalism in the like uh uh what's what's the you know the long history sort of like a black they don't consider they don't they don't position themselves sort of like black newspapers you know what i'm saying of the right. of the current right. and the past because they still exist you know what i'm saying that's right um would as like yeah, part of this is, you know, local news, what's happening, making sure that people are abreast of the issues that are impacting them, documenting local stories, da da da. Like that's not their bag. Um, so so you go like, well, who who else who else either found some other apparatus that would be maybe the more like what one might consider a like more serious journalism kind of person to then be the touch point that that black folks trust on a national level. And I'm not sure, you know, I mean, like at different times, I'm sure like over the last decade, you say Ta-Nehisi as, as a, as a writer, right. Would be maybe someone, right. But he wasn't necessarily, that wasn't necessarily his position, you know, Hannah, Nicole Hannah Jones maybe too. Like, so what's the other, I don't know. You can name some others. I can't, I can't name all the journalists. I'm not a, I don't have the journalism like journalist baseball cards. You know what I'm saying? In front of me at the moment, but just saying like, <laughs> You know, it's just something for me, I think, to, for folks to contemplate, right? You know, because it's cool, you know, if you feel some sort of some way towards what the person that is sort of in the middle of the arena is start to ask yourself, well, how how does the arena constructed? <laughs> Who controls entry? What role do I play in, in the media that I support or don't support? You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, even in my stay, I just give as, as an example, especially with my you know, my current work, I've upticked my, my own work in trying to like access the different local papers, you know what I'm saying, around the state to get perspectives of folks in them areas. You know what I mean? We're in a way that I didn't, my day-to-day work in the past hasn't really required that of me, right. but it's actually right. become quite informative where it's like, oh, snap. I didn't even know that was happening in the state. Right. But just, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of us are in space where we don't really know what the hell's going on in depth around us, but we feel like we do, you know, which, which can be dangerous. You know what I mean? So, <sighs> well, yeah, that's all I got on that. You know. 
So I just tell people just, you know, yeah. Anyway, so um well I guess I want to make some space just to close out. Um in the last time since we spoke, uh I guess the two individuals that you brought up to me that, that I I didn't actually consider them. Um uh most recently, just in the last few days, uh Bell Hooks uh, uh returned and uh I guess it was middle of, of last week, Greg Tate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, turn. And um and you know, I like to be forward and center that like I'm familiar with both of them. I'm on different levels. I don't I don't have any level of I don't have a level where I feel like I have a mastery, you know what I'm saying, of, of the different ways that they've contributed sort of to the intellectual reality of black of black people, black folks in in over the last uh you know decades. Um but I will say I think at the starting point, um it's it's they're they're both to, to to my knowledge of them folks that took seriously sort of their position to be critics and chroniclers and and dis- disseminators of ideas and challenges of, of thought you know and i don't want to put i don't know if i'm putting them on an axis that's not appropriate so if someone listens to this you know please inform me but um and, and there's a value to those people in our society, even if you don't necessarily agree with their ideas or you feel, you know, some kind of way about something that they've said or a challenge that they've made, you know, maybe to either a piece of culture or something that's happened that you maybe don't agree with them or their perspective. It, it's important that we have people that have this, the, the care, um, the understanding, and quite frankly, the willingness and 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 have a position in society where they can they can say <laughs> they can say things that are challenging and we can you know have the space to accept the rejected and not see them necessarily um you know be be silenced so to speak or at least not even to be found so um yeah what where's somewhere in there that you might wanted to add some insight on either party or both yeah parties? um i mean so you know i'm familiar familiar with both um with both writers but i think it's a step back i think it's a step up or step back depending on your perspective to just look at the role of black intellectuals mm. and i think that itself is an important thing the, the the idea of the importance of there are people who are thinking about the stuff that's going on and to your point you don't necessarily have to agree with them but they are putting ideas out there to be debated, to be thought of, to be engaged, right? And I think that that's an important part of a, any kind of community, of any kind of space. When you don't have people who have perspectives, even if you disagree, then you don't have the platform for the creation of new forming and ideas. And then the other thing is, and I think this is more relevant to, to Bell Hooks, I think being okay with understanding that black intellectuals are not going to always be at the same place, right? Like Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. a lot of her earlier writing about feminism and, and patriarchy and all these kind of ideas. And then as she, you know, as she got older and evolved and, you know, started talking more about healing and not necessarily the material as much, right. Mm -hmm. There were people Mm -hmm. who were kind of like, 
they took exception, but that was part of her intellectual journey. And I think there's the idea that like, we don't have to take someone's intellectual journey as right more than we have to take it as something to reflect on. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think she contributed to the broader discourse is obviously most folks are going to frame. They're going to think about her work from feminism, but I would think her talking about parenting, um, even though she didn't have children, her talking about the role of love in the community. Um, all these things became things to remark on. And it, it didn't mean that you had to like, like every single thing. Right. And yeah. I think that's a that's a mentality that we have to be very careful of. You have to like every single thing someone said for some of their work to have relevance, mm-hmm. because in mm-hmm. some ways you're stopping them from growing because you want them to be able to say something that resonates with your mind versus where their mind may be going. Greg Tate was unique for me because I was um Greg Tate is a representation to me of the writers who were able to chronicle hip-hop during its development we mm-hmm. often when we think about hip-hop we often like okay well look at the record label look at russell simmons um you know look at the the actual rappers but we aren't thinking about it, 1983 and 84 and 85 who's who are people chronicling this new art because we still have to frame it that like in 83 and 84, 85, 82, 84, 85, there's a new stuff. No one had heard this stuff before. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. now generally we, we hear rehashes of something we've heard before, right? Yeah. yeah. There was a time that no one had heard anything like they were listening to. And then at the Village Voice in particular, um, Greg Tate, Nelson George, Barry Michael Cooper, amongst others, were just amazing writers of that time who were giving voice to what it meant to be Black coming through the, the traditions of all Black musics and Black writers, but then also this new advent of this new form, right? And so I just suggest if folks get a chance to read Flyboy and the Buttermilk um, or just go back and read any of Greg Tate's writings. And like I said, as an extension, just not from that, but like, to be able to get into the writing of that time because the writing of that time influenced the source. It influenced vibe. It influenced Mm -hmm. the poetry space and the kind of uh, chronicling of um, the the, the lyricist lounge and the, you know what I mean? All that stuff that came about, a lot of that stuff had its impact. And then also Greg Tate, you know, had like a rock band, um, you know, like a rock orchestra always made Mm -hmm. sure to keep people in the context of remembering that hardcore punk was in fact created by black people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which I think is very difficult for people to put their finger on to this point, but you know, bad brains literally were, is the group that is the formative group of hardcore punk um, mm-hmm. from DC <laughs> vegan, vegan rosters from DC were the formula- <laughs> formulating group of hardcore punk. You know, only in America. Um, but, you know, just in, so I would say, like, just that writing was also a part of the culture. And everyone talked about for the culture. It was a part of the culture of that time. So kind of to understand what was happening in some other spaces, I think Greg Tate is, you you know, you just have to have to hear read some of his writing and how it kind of comes off the page. But I just do think both of them in in 
people like them are representatives of a time that I mean, one, you had to read, you had to go find someone's book. You had to go hear somebody speak. And the information was not always at your fingertips. And I'm not trying to be a Flintstone and go back to a point where you don't have access to information, right? But it is something to be said for the uh, idea of the challenge of the of the of the loving challenge of ideas that doesn't cut off truth from either side. And I just think going back to our other point, we are at a place where we don't even acknowledge that someone else may have maybe saying something correct because it does not fit our perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you actually I think you said it said it the best right there. You know what I mean? So only thing I will add is um yo go actually go go look up folks articles and read them. You know what I mean? Read read some of these books, you know what I'm saying? Tap a, you know, um especially when it comes to bell hooks, like you gotta go read some of that you can't just you can't listen to whoever your man's was that said he knew something about black feminism and da 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 <laughs> like you, you gotta go read what 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 sister was was speaking to you know what i'm saying and, and 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 engage it you know what i'm saying um i mean i think that's actually i guess the, the, one of the most important things about you know reading and, and as an old technology that that really doesn't lose its value is there certain things in terms of being able to 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 contemplate it, it, you can't do it in a video. You can't do it in a song. You know I mean, it, 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 it's in a paragraph and, 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 and that's all right. So, you know, respects, you know what I'm saying? And, and love to them, you know what I'm saying? And to that, uh, their families and those that knew them well and were close to them, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, thanks for their contribution, you know what I mean? To the, to the greater growth of knowledge. So, um, uh, that, I mean, unless you got something else, I mean, we call it a wrap for the day. My man. So, that I'm saying peace peace thank you for listening to good brothers thank you to my good brother I'm majestic um, as we get here to the closing weeks days of 2021 uh, remember you can always make time uh, you know to connect with the people that you care about and all that you know what I'm saying you consider that a Raji uh, you know close you're gonna get to a holiday message um, but in any event Thank you for supporting what I've been doing, what we've been doing, uh, and, you know, been in the lab. So, promising, uh, should be interesting what I try to do with things next. But um, you'll hear a couple other recordings before the year is out, and then we'll be, uh, you know what I'm saying, in the deuce deuce, you know what I'm saying, getting loose. So, thank you for uh, supporting, and um, you know what to do in all the various ways, you know listen you have said it before if not i mean listen next time and you can pick up where you know where i really left off so with that i'm gonna say peace